born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. And good morning to y'all. Hope y'all are doing fine. Everybody feeling like a million dollars? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a sermon on the ministry of suffering. Should have never done it. Should have never done it. I preached on the devil. He jumps on me. Preach on suffering, and buddy, I got to go through it. Some of you may not know, but I've been under the weather for the last couple of weeks, but it's, um, appreciate all the prayers. Uh, I got these things called shingles. I always thought they belonged on the roof. I had no idea how many people have had shingles and the suffering that they go through. Uh, you know, I've always wanted, as I grow older, to increase my ministry. And, uh, you know, you become more sympathetic toward people. Well, now I can be more sympathetic toward them. I just wonder what's next. I don't know if I need any more sympathy <laughs> to be more sympathetic. Uh, but the Lord, Lord is good. It, it could have been worse. It could have been on my face. <laughs> that might have been an improvement. But um, it just covered my... Remember the other Sunday I grabbed my head because of the pain? It was all down through here and so forth. But um, anyway, my birthday was spent Saturday, Friday morning was the 4th. And so there I am at the emergency room. And we got about 5.30 and went because I had an appointment for a checkup, you know. Got to get there early. And uh, I'd never like to be late for anything. And uh, so I got about four phone calls while I'm sitting there from people in different states, you know, they call me up, happy birthday to you, and they all sung to me. And I'm sitting there in misery. <laughs> and I thought, this is so funny. It is so comical. But I guess I'm getting a little bit sentimental as I get older, and I says, some of this medicine makes me feel funny sometimes. You know, I kind of feel groggy. This morning, sitting there at the, at the restaurant, uh, we got us some oatmeal. I eat oatmeal four or five times a week for, for 30 years I've been doing that. And uh, so I'm sitting there eating, minding my own business, and I drank my coffee down. And, and the waitress, she was very kind. She came over there, and she poured some, some coffee into my coffee cup. And I says, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And then she walked away, and then I started crying. I says, now, where in the world is this? She says, what's wrong? I says, nothing. She says, you hurting? No, no, no. She says, well, what's wrong? I says, Nothing. I said, I can't explain it. I'm just getting sentimental. Somebody gives me a cup of coffee, and I start crying. <laughs> so, uh, oh, y'all are so sympathetic. 
or pathetic. I don't know which one it is. So anyway, I'm supposed to have given y'all some notes. Did y'all get the notes? Uh, it's just uh, some, a, a little idea to kind of follow along with me to kind of help sometimes in the, uh, my teaching so that you can stay with me and I might stay on track and not ramble too much. You know, I'm getting older now. I finally hit 69. I didn't know I was going to live this long. I told y'all two years ago, I said, y'all be better off. you got a young preacher, so he might stay with you for 30. Uh, I might make it 30 months. But then Lord might give me 30 years too, huh? So, never know. But anyway, the lesson number two is called the wrath of the judge. The wrath of the judge. And we know that God gets upset with things. But until you study the scriptures to see how bad it is, how God really feels about things. So you and I don't think about the righteousness of God or the holiness of God. We don't see that all the things that we do, how offensive they are to a perfect God. Because we compare ourselves among each other. And I'm better than you or you're better than me, but not that much. And I'm not that bad. And so we really don't catch what God is saying sometimes in his word. So look there in the book of Romans in chapter 1. Romans and chapter 1. Sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult trying to figure out all the things that I want to say and how I want to lead it. And then tie it back in at the end because this morning we will have communion service. So I, I think you'll appreciate communion service a little bit more when you understand of the jealousy of God. God is a jealous God. And that's what makes him so upset. He wants everybody to be righteous. He wants everybody to be just like him. He wants everybody holy. In thought, word, deed. And when we're not, God says it's because we've got another God. And God doesn't like us having another God. He wants to be the only true and living God in our lives. So here in the Romans in chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God. Now remember the verses right before this talks about the gospel, the good news. And the reason there's good news is because there's bad news. If there was no bad news, we wouldn't need good news because everything would be good. But because there's something's wrong, something's wrong in our world. And if you just listen to the news going on in the last couple of weeks, you realize, remember some time ago I had mentioned, I don't know when and I don't know how, but God's going to do something and something's going to bring, because all these Arab nations have got to become democracy so they can vote and give their power to this one beast. And are not they trying to break down the democratic rule over their nations? And it's happening just like that. And it can happen so quickly. But this morning, during the church service, I'm going to be explaining some things that will show you how to put things in its rightful order so that you keep your mind clear and keep it straight. So after Sunday school, whatever you do, don't go home. Because I'm going to show you some things I think will really help you to see and understand and I don't believe most preachers get it, really. But uh, I, I want it to be a blessing to you. But look in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's why Christ died, because of how bad God said sin is. If it wasn't so bad, Christ would not have done what he had to do. There was no other way. But in the gospel message itself, 
you'll notice there's two things that will be revealed. One in verse 17, for therein, there in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. In verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed. So when we want to talk about, you know, giving people good news, sometimes we have to let them know what is the bad news. There's a lot of preachers, they don't want to talk about the bad news. They don't want to talk about hell. They just want to just love everybody. Just a nice social gospel. Must be kind to everybody. All that's true. But if you die and you don't trust Christ as Savior, where do you go? You go to hell. And hell is a real, literal, fire-burning place. And Christians can't never forget that. So the wrath of God is revealed. And he says in verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. So God has put things inside of a man. One, that he needs to be perfect, that he's going to be judged, and that he does not believe. He has to believe the right thing. He doesn't know what it is. But he knows something is wrong. That's inside of every man. And that's why there's religions all over the world. And when you don't know the truth, you develop your own religion. Even atheism is a religion. It's a way to soothe the mind. Well, there's no God. I'll just deny it. You ever seen an alcoholic in denial? I'm not drunk. And there's people that, there's no God. And so he says, invisible things, in verse 20, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and God, so that they're without excuse. God takes the first several chapters, and from that point is going to show how, that regardless of how bad people are, they're, they're without excuse. They don't have an excuse, a reason, a leg to stand on for not believing what God has to say. And so whenever they reject God and reject truth, all you're left with is a lie. And so people are believing a lie and they're living a lie. And so it's going to be devastating for them. He says they profess themselves to be wise. They become fools. They take God, the creator, and change him into a creature made like man. And so then they worship the creation instead of the true and living God as they should. So, if you will, you'll notice there in your notes on the letter A, the Gentiles have rejected his light of creation as proof of his eternal power and Godhead. And so they start their own religion, do their own thing. They reject truth. Number one, because that which may be known was rejected. I've had people ask me, but what about all those people over in Africa that's never heard of? All those people back in those dark continents down in South America and all these places, they're that dark and they're that way because they had the light and rejected light. It's not like that's the way they've always been. No, that's the result of rejecting truth that they've already had. You see, at one time, people knew the truth. Even the apostles, they, they, they spread the Bible, said they spread the gospel throughout the world. And they went everywhere preaching the gospel. When they came off of the flood, out of the ark, well, they all knew truth. It's, this is what happens when people rebel against truth. So whether they're the darkest natives in some country, or whether they're wearing three-piece suits right here in America, they're still heathen. They don't know the Lord, they're a heathen. And there's no difference between one who wears a three-piece suit and one who wears a loincloth. Their religion is still just as bad. And they're still just as wicked in the eyes of God. Just because we say some are civilized and some are not civilized. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. We have people today that will do everything in their power to destroy somebody else. 
But today they may not do it by the gun or by the knife, but they'll do it by the legislation, by the pen, and take away all of your rights and all of your property. Take away everything that you own, everything you work for, and tax you to death until you don't own your home anymore. Your taxes on your home is higher than rent used to be, or your payments used to be on your house. Am I lying to you? I'm not lying to you. It's thievery. It's wrong. Why? Because there's people that are wicked, and they do wicked things. I'm going to get sidetracked. I can, I can sense it coming. <laughs> Number two, because they knew and they rejected. Number three, because they knew the judgment of God and mocked the court of divine justice. They mocked God. And they don't think it's important. So people do whatever they want to do. So the Bible says that God just uh, kind of like gave them up to do whatever they want to do, as wicked as they want to be. But what I don't want you to think is just because I'm in verse 24 where it says God gave them up. It didn't mean God gave up on them. The reason for the gospel is because God still loves these people. I don't care how bad they are. Without the gospel, there is no hope for anybody. So God is going to take the first several chapters and show how the world is guilty before God. That every man is a liar. Only God is truth. And that all have sinned, whether Jews or Gentiles. So he spends the first part of the time showing how that the Gentiles, who maybe did not have the law, had the law of God written within their heart. They already know what's right and wrong. You know right from wrong without anybody telling you. You know it's wrong to lie. You know it's wrong to steal. You know it's wrong. But we still do wrong in spite of our conscience. So the Bible says God will show us that we are sinners by the very nature of our reasoning power. By reason. Then he shows by revelation, which is the word of God itself. So we have reason that deals with the conscience of man. We have the revelation. So if God is the creator of the world, and God is the creator of the word, then the world shows you that there is God, and the word reveals who is God. See, one is that there is one, and two, the revelation, who he is. So that's why we need both of them. So God says, you're not without an excuse. I mean, you're, if I can get this right and make sure that I say it right, you don't have an excuse for not believing what God says. Look down at letter B. The Jews have rejected his law of revelation as proof of his truth. The Jews knew his will and were to be. Now remember this. Did the Jews have an advantage over the Gentiles? Yes, they did. See there in chapter 3? Look in verse 1. For what advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God, or the word of God. They not only had the world, they had the word. So they had an advantage. And God went to the Jew first. Now, for example, I... I guess I have a little problem with uh, uh, some things concerning missions. Uh, I'm not saying I'm right, and, and, and I may be wrong. But, you know, the Bible says there in verse 16, uh, where it makes the statement, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And many take that as we're supposed to reach the Jew first and then to the Greek. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm not convinced of that. I, I believe that this is what God has done. He did go to the Jew first. And then he's gone to the Gentiles. Not that, let's say, for example, there's a Jew in here and there's a Gentile. Before I can witness to the Gentile, I've got to find out if there's a Jew first and witness to the Jew first. 
before I can witness to the Gentile. My personal belief is, I don't care if you're Jew or Gentile. you got a soul, I'm going to try to reach it. And so I don't try to find out what nationality people are. That i got to witness to the Jew before I can witness to a Gentile. Or if I become a missionary and go on the foreign field, i got to find if there's any Jews there before I can witness to the Gentiles. See, I can't follow that thinking. It just don't make sense to me. But I do believe that God has gone to the Jew first. And Jesus went to the Jew first. And that's why he says, I must needs go through Samaria. But he'd already gone to the Jews. Then he went to the Samaritan. But the Bible says, when they preached the gospel at the very beginning, it was to the Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. But that's where it started and that's where we end up. We go into everybody and preach the gospel to every creature. So if I don't go to the Jew first, I don't think it's wrong. But I do believe we ought to have a missionary to the Jews. So far, we have, since I started here, we've taken on three missionaries over and above our budget. And we give an average of about $150 each one. And so far, we've been able to maintain that. And that's because you've given a little bit extra over and above your regular giving. And so now we have three missionaries. And the money is coming in to support them. It won't be long before we can take on another missionary. And then maybe another one. Lee Patton had been here. Believe it or not, Lee Patton got a small church. Half the size of what we are. And they give over $5,000 a month to missions. Supported over 50 missionaries of $100 a piece. A small church. Over and above their budget. Because the people believe in missions. I believe in missions and getting the gospel out. That's what a church is about. And I believe if we keep on, we just keep building little by little. Not all at one time. But just realizing that the sacrifice that you made. That it is, it is worth it and it, we're able to get more accomplished. And I believe down the road God will bless us more individually. And God will bless us as a church because we're sold upon getting the gospel to people. This is what Paul was talking about. I am a debtor to preach the gospel to those that are at Rome also. I'm a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarian, to the Jew and to the Gentile. And so we look at people... They're souls for which Christ died, and I want to reach all that I can in every way that we possibly can. So the Jews, if you look there in your notes, was to be a guide to the blind. That's mentioned in verse 19 of chapter 2. See there in verse two, uh, 19? Art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind. This is how you see yourself. This is the way it was supposed to be. A guide to the blind. You are to be a light of them which are in darkness. You are to be an instructor of the foolish. You are to be a teacher of babes. You see, God says this is what Israel was supposed to do. And this is how some of them looked at them themselves, but they didn't do their job. They didn't do their job. He says up there in verse 18, And knowest his will, you had the word of God, you rested in the law, you trusted in the law, in verse 17, you made your boast in the Lord, and knowest his will, you knew what was right. See, the Gentiles, they didn't know the will of God. They didn't have the word of God. But they were still condemned, because people always ask, what about those people that have never heard? How can all those innocent people go to hell? There are no innocent people going to hell. There will not be one innocent person in hell. Understand that. 
All have sinned. And God takes his word and he shows how that everybody is a sinner. It doesn't matter who they are. And that whatever God does, God must be just. He must be righteous. He can do no wrong. But it's all because of the righteousness and the holiness of God. God cannot permit sin to go unpunished. And it doesn't matter who it is. And so, in your little notes there, they broke the law and dishonored God. This is the failure of the nation of Israel. They had an advantage. It was gone to them first. They were to be the light to the Gentiles. They were supposed to reach the world and God would show them and the other nations what God can do through a nation that was yielded to him. What if Israel today had been an obedient nation? What God could have done for the world through a nation that walked with God. America was raised up. And America, for a while I believe, was seeking to be a godly nation. They had godly principles and some godly men made godly decisions. We wanted righteousness in our country and we did right. And families were taught to love their kids and to teach their kids and protect their kids and educate their kids in truth. The universities were all started to educate people in the principles of Christianity so that we could preserve our way of life. And all that's got changed. But we were going to be a light to the world. And America has been a light of freedom to the rest of the world. And many people envy us. But they want our freedom and they want all the benefits of it. But they don't want our God that gave it to us. So Israel did not guide the way they should. Israel was not a light. Israel was not an instructor of the foolish. Israel was not a teacher of the babes. So look down at number two. The righteous judge is filled with vengeance. And I've got a couple of things. I won't look at all these scriptures. We won't have time. But there's three of them that I do want us to look at that I think are very, very important. Look at Exodus chapter 34. Exodus in chapter 34, all the way back there in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 34. So on page 117, 116. But look in verse 14. If you don't have verse 14 underlined, I would underline this verse in your Bible. Because God is laying down the law, literally, to the nation of Israel. And it says in verse 14, For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Do you believe that? You ought to underline that in your Bible. God does not want you or me to worship anything except the true and living God. The God that created the heavens and the earth. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to nail it down so that you know which one I'm talking about. He's Jehovah. He is the Lord. And that's why, because he is a jealous God, he becomes an angry God, a vengeful God. Where do you think that desire comes within you to want to have vengeance upon somebody who wrongs you? That comes from God. And there's nothing wrong with the feeling. But God says, be ye angry and sin not. God says, give vengeance unto God. Let God take vengeance upon those. Because there's a lot of times, wouldn't you and I like to be the avenging angel? 
and get even with all those people that said all those mean, nasty things. You know how to handle your critics? Outlive them. Just outlive them. But look at Deuteronomy. Since we're right here close, look at Deuteronomy in chapter 29. Just turn to your right. Deuteronomy chapter 29. And look at verse 18. 29 and verse 18. Just uh, three verses here, but look at verse 18. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord your God. To go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse. That he bless himself in his heart saying I have made peace. Though I walk in the imagination of my heart to add drunkenness to thirst. In other words I thought about this and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Does he get the blessing of God or the curse of God? The Lord will not spare him but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curse that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And he's going to take his life. Take him out of this world. But look what he says up here in verse 18. Lest there should be among you any man or woman or family or tribe. Do you think God's concerned about you as an individual and your family? Did you know that by our wicked thoughts and deeds, you can bring the curse of God upon you? Can you believe that? I was thinking the other day, my daughter called up and she said, Dad, how you feeling? I said, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, she says, she says, Dad, sometimes I think you're just like Job. I said, well, thank you, hon. And I thought about it for a second. Did you know when, when God allowed the devil to take his ten kids and take all of his wealth, all of his servants, all of his cattle. That the Bible says that Job sinned not in his heart, nor charged God foolishly. But it says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he went on with life. And didn't say anything else about it. Chapter 2, the devil comes again and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, but if you let me get at him. You let me take the things he had, but let me get at him. He'll curse you to his face. So God allowed the devil to get to his body, but said you can't take his life. You can touch his body, you can't take his life. Can you imagine? You don't find Job saying anything until he touched his body. When he touched his body, he cursed the day he was born. He didn't curse God. Cursed well, I wish I'd have never been born. Wish I'd never been born. Who knows how much he went through and for how long, sitting in an ash heap and scraping his sores with broken pieces of pottery, sackcloth and ashes, because of the suffering that he was going through. You and I have not a clue how bad that was. And I bet you he didn't have all the pain medicine that we have today. I bet you if it was because of his back trouble, he couldn't go to a chiropractor. And I bet you he didn't have the pharmacy sitting right down the road where he could go get all the medicine that he wanted to dull the pain. You see, we may suffer some today, but aren't we thankful that we got good doctors, good hospitals, good nurses, and some good medicine that God can use? And that I believe it can be a benefit to us. I had somebody tell me, says, I don't believe in using pain medicine. You get some of the stuff that I've had over the years, and you will. 
You will. You let it get bad enough. Because, buddy, that house that you live in, it can become very painful. And you can suffer an awful lot. But in spite of everything that we go through, God says His grace is sufficient. And one of the greatest promises in the Word of God is, it shall come to pass. Isn't that a great promise? It shall come to pass. It will come to pass. It may come, but it will come to pass. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me